title of our message today is Built Together. Somebody just say Built Together. Yeah, thank you for saying that out of your mouth. So let's go ahead. Uh, I want to kind of, you know, even as we begin uh, today's uh, subject, uh, we know the climate. I don't even have to do a deep dive or <laughs> talk a whole lot about the climate that our society is in. Um, particularly in the United States of America, but it's actually in other parts and in, in, in other nations as well. But even before we go into that point, I want to remind us and bring us back to a word that we as a house of Bound of Grace Family Worship Center that we received for our New Year's Eve message. Um, and then if you go to our website, that's actually the message that you see up there that's still up there um, uh, when you go to messages. And of course, other messages are on our podcast, but when you go to our website, that message is still pinned to that. And I think it's very uh, prophetic to kind of revisit just some of the key points uh, that were shared in that time because the Lord kind of walked me through this. And so I, uh, then we'll kind of catch up to what we want to talk about today. And so um, <clears throat> the Lord gave us a word talking about the year 2020, but specifically just dealing with the number 20, some different aspects of the number 20 and how it represents redemption completion and perfection. And so at this half year mark, you know, it's evident that some long standing cycles, because we also part of that completion was cycles coming to an end so that way new cycles can begin. And so what we're seeing even in our society right now, uh, some long standing cycles and systems, I believe are definitely being challenged, but I believe from a high level view are coming to a form of completion in preparation for something new to begin. And so we see that multiple industries and even policies, uh, whether corporate or governments or whatever the case may be, uh, some things will never be the same. Some things will never be the same. It's that, that cycle is completed and, and a new thing is, is, is beginning. And so um, we see most of this take place all because of uh, a global health concern that, that has been uh, you know, amongst the nation. And granted, you know, things have been changing, but that's how things kind of initially started. And so also with the number 20 uh, that night um, for the New Year's Eve message, we heard some revelation. If you remember, we heard some revelation regarding the $20 bill. We heard some revelation regarding the $20 bill in connection to 2020. And then we also talked about in that, we talked about discerning, discerning counterfeit 20s from real 20s by its markings. And so the markings, of course, identify what has been government authorized. So a real 20 has a certain strip um, that, that shows it's government issue or what has been authorized as real by the government and currency. And so it's been at least 10 days up until today um, where there have been protests and riots, in particular in our United States of America. But even recently, within the past 48 hours, it's moved from... Um, you know, not just our nation, but to other nations as well and other major cities, you know, people are um, participating, I should say, uh, in, in, in the support and or in protests, you know, they're talking about um, police brutality and, and racism and things of that nature, but also in connection to um, George Floyd. And many people, uh, as a matter of fact, the whole world has seen that video and are aware about that, who tragically died or rather murdered due to irresponsible um, and crooked police officers and I'm not going to be on a soapbox about that whole point uh, but of course we know that the four officers were charged and so I mentioned this because in hindsight I was reminded of the $20 bill illustration from New Year's Eve. Now the connection of that illustration to what um, the, the current events 
uh, that we see now is that this whole marching movement all started because of an, because of an, an alleged $20 counterfeit bill that was submitted uh, by George Floyd. So now here we talked about counterfeit 20s at the New Year's Eve message, and then here this whole um, uh, national thing that's taking place within our culture, really you can trace it to, uh, or at least the transaction of a counterfeit 20. So I thought that to be very interesting um, that took place. And then, you know, the store, you know, they thought it was a $20 bill. Um, I guess that'll come out whether or not it was uh, counterfeit or not, you know, once the trials begin. But that's what prompted to the police to come. So that's how it all kind of happened. Now, the symbolism, I think it's some symbolic ir irony in this regards, is that, again, if we remember, counterfeits can be determined whether or not they're a government authorized by being held under light. <laughs> by being held under light. And if you see it enough, of course, the eye can be begin to catch it as well. And so I mentioned that to say this. Um, I, I just personally believe that our nation, and of course other people have been saying this as far as for some of the things that have been suspended, uh, but uh, you know, I want to add some things in addition to that, that our nation, our society is being held up under a light. Our society is being held up under a light, and I believe it's just some inspection as well as introspection that should be taking place. And so while things are being held up under a light, things are being brought to light in our society. And so what we see here, um, uh, God is, is distinguishing or showing uh, what's kingdom authorized and what's not. And of course, I, you know, I just believe, and of course, other people within the body of Christ, uh, us kingdom citizens, we understand this and know that when, when things like this happen, it's a great time for the church, the body of Christ, to be able to reflect <laughs> and see because, you know, God really deals with, you know, his people in moments like this. So this is a prime time to being to do so. And so it's a very challenging process. We've seen some, some ugly things come about, some, some things, uh, you know, being uprooted. If we remember uh, the, the Resurrection Sunday message as well. So some things are being uprooted. But I find it very significant that at the beginning of the decade, when we talked about some of the significance of the decade, and you can go back and listen to that message uh, but just some of the significance and I believe some of the wonderful plans that God has for this decade. I just think in his faithfulness and in his providence, uh, so that way we don't continue on in this manner. That, so that way we don't continue on, uh, you know, with some of the things that have been going on. Uh, you, you know, I think that some things have to be brought to light and uprooted so that way new things can really come forth because uh, many people have seen that there's a glory that is yet to be revealed and that is budding. It is even before us, even now, I believe, all of that taking place. And so uh, some of the ugly things that we've seen that's, that's being exposed right now, uh, we're seeing, and it's an easy point to talk about, we're seeing the riots and the looting uh, that are currently taking place. And so, um, and, and just in my opinion, they're unjustifiable. I know different people have different viewpoints about it. So I just kind of want to speak, you know, my opinion on it. Uh, it's, 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 it's not necessary. It's not healthy. And we're going to get to the scripture in just a little bit. Some of you are like, is this a political talk? No, it is not. This is kingdom. You'll see why in just a little bit, if you haven't heard already. Uh, but again, uh, it's justifiable, but we got we to gotta see it, you know, even when we talk about this, because it's not the first time it's happening. It's something that's been kind of an underlying theme, you know, even in our nation that I think is a great opportunity now for us to be able to deal with and uproot and cut off 
so that way it's dried up, in particularly for uh, the kingdom of Christ, uh, the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. Because even when we look at American history, stealing and rioting has, has raised its head in different forms. It's raised its head in, in different forms, uh, not in the form of burning flags, but of burned crosses. And we're seeing bricks and things of that nature and police cars and in stores. But guess what? Um, even during earlier times, even in this nation, there have been bricks that have been thrown into homes and intimidation. So it's just, a, it's just another form of rioting and looting. Neither one is justifiable. Neither one is just. Neither one is just, if, if I can put it to you that way. And so, of course, we know <clears throat> that prejudices and racism, um, in, in, unfortunately, even in the name of the Lord and using the Bible, has been an underlying matter uh, even in this nation. Even in this nation. And so, uh, shucks, you can even go with the indigenous people of this land um, where things have been done unjustly, unfortunately, in the name of the Lord. And so now what we see today, you have some organizations that have risen up over the past five years uh, that are, quote unquote, doing some things to counteract this. But it's not in the spirit and in the heart of God. It's not in the spirit and the heart of God. And so what it is, it's really a counterfeit for what God's plan really is for humanity. And so. You know, I, I believe, you know, that I have a grace and I know others as well, uh, but I want to just be able to touch on some of these things. I believe God placed it upon my heart and you can see the graphic behind me. And I want to say it again. Someone say again, built together. And I believe this illustration behind me is very, a very powerful illustration because you see these different shades of hands that are together uh, in a square form, almost forming, uh, you know, you know, forming a square, forming something that can be used as a foundation. So it's a strong formation uh, that we see here. And so uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this in regards. But again, uh, what we want to be, that 21, we want to be those complete, those mature people in the body of Christ. And so what we can talk about is just really some ways in which we can do that. Because uh, I know I'm not the only one. There's been prayers that have been going on. Uh, there's been uh, so many wonderful things that have been happening, uh, you know, as a result that I see even amongst the body of Christ. And so we're going to talk about some of this stuff, address some things. And so what I want you to do, let's, let's turn here. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. There's our scripture, Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to read for a little bit. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 11 uh, through 22. So bear with me. It's 11 verses. And I'm, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version here. Uh, but for those that don't know, uh, my heart, I'm a reconciler. I'm a bridge builder. Uh, that's where my anointing lies. And honestly, with this whole thing, something just really just kind of, I'm not even going to say click, but I just woke up at another level and things are rising up. You know, that mantle, that anointing. And guess what? I'm not the only one because we've all been given the ministry of reconciliation. <laughs> all right. So, but here we go. But the. Our, our topic today is talking about being built together, but we're going to flow. So I'm reading from the English Standard Version, so you can turn there or you can scroll there. So Ephesians chapter 2, say it one more time, verse 11 through 22. And I like it. This subject says here, one in Christ, at least how it has it in my Bible. So here we go. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh 
And we've been talking about covenant this whole, you know, for, for quite some time. So if you can go back and listen and then you understand what Paul means, uh, you Gentiles in the flesh. So therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember, somebody say remember. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, now somebody say, but now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility <laughs> by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Verse 17, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. So that's talking about those that were Gentiles as Gentiles and even Jews. For, the, for through him, Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And I'll stop at verse 22, the last one, last verse for our text. In him, you also are being built together. Somebody say built together into a dwelling place place. For God, by the Spirit, by the Spirit, by the Spirit, by the Spirit. And so what, I, what, what my assignment is today is to talk about this being built together and really um, just kind of go through some keys uh, that, that, that help take place so that way we, we are agents are of reconciliation. Even while people want to hold on to certain, you know, mindsets and certain attitudes, uh, we want to help free people in the name of Jesus. So here we go. This first key, this first component, I should say here, uh, as we do so, is this. Remember where you came from. Remember where you came from. And we see here uh, through verse 12 here, and I kind of, you know, I kind of break it down as far as for just the revelatory purpose of it and, and not so much the uh, historical context. But remember where you came from. And so I like it to say this recognition is so important. It's so recognizing it's so important in a variety of things, but in context of, of, of culture and things that we, we're seeing going on around us right now, rec recognizing and remembering are so important. And so even amongst us Gentiles, amongst us Gentiles, those that were not born uh, uh, in the natural as a Jew or as a Hebrew, um, recognition is important. And so one of the things that I believe is important um, in the midst of everything that's taking place because there's a, a lot of uh, things that are being expressed right now. And so 
uh, one thing, if I make it personal even for a moment, I was like, man, you know, God, different things that have taken place, you know, in our society, you know, have stung a little bit, but this one in particular hurt. But then, uh, you know, I had to come to the place. It's like, man, you know what? It was healthy for me to actually acknowledge the hurt. And so for one thing that we want to be as reconcilers, uh, we want to be able to acknowledge where people are. Don't just bypass it. Don't just bypass because that's where a lot of the, the hurt actually comes from because um, many people have been overlooked for a variety of different ways. Um, but in context of, of our culture, acknowledging hurts are so important. And I'm saying this for us as the body of Christ, as Christians, we want to be able to acknowledge uh, some of the hurts. Because then doing so, once the hurts are acknowledged uh, and, and wounds are, are, are revealed, then that really allows an opportunity for healing to be able to take place. Because some things have been trying to cover it up with a Band-Aid, but really what has to happen is air or breath or the Spirit of God really uh, it has to be exposed so that way His healing can, be able to, uh, come, can, can really be able to take place. And so now I'm just even thinking about it right now. You know, one of our daughters, you know, had an accident, bicycle or well, actually a scooter accident. It was just playing and then had a scar on her knee. So instead of us saying, hey, you know, what? let's put a Band-Aid on it. We put some peroxide, let some cleansing uh, take place to get rid of bacteria. But then we said, hey, you know what? This right now doesn't need to be covered up and needs to stay exposed. It needs to stay exposed so that way healing can take place. And then once the air hits it, guess what the body starts doing? The body starts regenerating new skin to be able to, to, be able to uh, make sure that that wound is healed. And so that's what we want to be able to do. We want to acknowledge and then the body can, by way of the Holy Spirit, uh, can begin to regenerate can be, be able to regenerate so that way that healing takes place. But that comes by remembering. So the Bible says this, look, remember, hey, you know what? You weren't all connected. You weren't all together at some point. And you know what? This message goes for black, white, Hispanic, Asian, um, and, and all the varied, a variety of cultures within Asia. Uh, none of us, none of us had it all together. We all have had our issues in some form or fashion. And so we acknowledge that even amongst ourselves. We acknowledge the hurts of others. We acknowledge even our own hurts and say, man, Lord, we remember. We remember that we were aliens. We were aliens of covenant. We did not have this original connection to covenant promises. And so, again, that's that recognition. That's part of key. That's a key component in reconciliation because we want to be reconciled. It's not just and it doesn't just start with I, 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 but it starts. Hey, let me listen to you first. Let me hear your heart with our mouths closed. And not saying anything, so we want to make sure that, that we listen first, and then, uh, then we can at least get perspective, and then allow Holy Spirit to be able to direct us further on as far as for what His heart is on a matter. And so that's key for, uh, you know, a message for, I believe, just the church at large, acknowledging, acknowledging. Second thing, and this is just important for society, but then for believers, know where true peace comes from. <laughs> know where true peace comes from. And some of you might be saying, why is that so important? This might be controversial, but I, again, you know, I do need to state this because even in the midst of the protests, and again, I, you know, I get it. I, I, I hear it loud and clear, uh, but you hear some of the things that are chanted, uh, you know, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. And so they're saying it and it's, and it's very powerful, but some people are saying it, uh, you know, in so much anger, with so much venom, and so much bite to it. And so 
for us as believers, no matter what shade of melanin you have, I want to bring us back to what Scripture says. And I believe God wants to bring us back to Scripture says that is not our motto. That is not our motto. That is not our chant. It says this in verse 14, for he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. So while other people are saying no justice, no peace, what we as believers have to be mindful of and reminded of is the fact that, you know what, Lord, you are my peace. You are my peace. Even if it doesn't come from another man or another person, guess what? That's part of being that 20 type person, being complete and whole and allowing God to do that work in us. Lord, you are my peace. And then guess what? Apostle uh, shared this message with us some time ago. But I just want to remind us again in Psalms 89 verse 14, uh, you don't have to turn there, but you can reference that the very throne of God, the very throne of God is established upon righteousness and justice. So, again, that's not our motto. Some people of my shade might be upset with that right now, but if you're in the kingdom, then take a moment and hear. That's, again, that's not our motto saying no justice, no peace. And again, I... I grew up in a Confederate area that was a capital of the Confederacy at one point in Stone Mountain, Georgia. I understand the Confederate flags. I have experienced prejudice and racism. Oh, does it hurt? Absolutely. But guess what? We, we as believers, we come into another citizenship. <laughs> and so our motto is, Lord, we're not crying out and we're not shouting no justice, no peace. The world will do that. Our motto, our cry is, Lord, you, your throne is justice. Your throne is righteousness. And Lord Christ Jesus, you are my peace. <laughs> your righteousness, your peace. Your righteousness, your peace. That's our cry. So someone just needs to say that right now. Lord, your righteousness, your peace. Here's why, because what takes place in the humanity of men, uh, and again, this is dealing with the fleshly aspect, uh, uh, what, what takes place, what men, what men look as a response when they say that, typically, I'll say this, maybe not everybody, I don't want to categorize every single person, but typically what men look for as a response is uh, their justice is really vengeance. When they speak of justice, when they talk about justice, what they really want is revenge. And so they say, well, hey, Man, you, you, well, I guess I can't say it any plainer than that. And so what they really want is, is they really want vengeance. And so here's the thing. Uh, God says, hey, you know what? And vengeance belongs to me too. <laughs> Even vengeance belongs to me. So, I'll, so again, we say, Lord, your, your righteousness, your justice, your peace, and Lord, vengeance belongs to you. I'm not going to take that matter into my own hand. Come on, somebody. So it all points, it all points to him for us as the body of Christ. We want to stay, we want to stay connected to scripture. I appreciate all the books. Uh, you know, a matter of fact, I have a book that's going to be dealing with some matters like this on the other end. Uh, you know, and I've read some other books dealing with race and racial reconciliation and all that. But guess what? The number one book to be read, I'm not going to pull it out right now because, you know, I got it on the tablet. But the number one book to be read that has the answer is the Bible. I appreciate all the recommendations, but my first recommendation is scripture. My number one recommendation is scripture because that's from an eternal perspective. Uh, that's, for, that's God as the author. All right. So anyways, number one, remember where you came from. That's the recognition. Number two, know where true peace comes from. 
While people are talking about no justice, no peace, guess what? True peace and true justice is in Christ Jesus. And it could be a whole nother message because, uh, shucks, we all deserve condemnation. <laughs> but that's what the scripture was talking about that we read, but we thank God for Jesus. So number three, we want to connect and be built together. I believe that's one of the cruxes you know, of our message today. So that's the third thing in the reconciliation part. We want to connect and be built together. We want to connect and be built together. And we see that in verse 22. Well, let me start at verse 21. <laughs> in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together. Are being built together. So men have come up with distinguishes within culture. You're black, you're white, you're red, you're yellow, you're brown. But guess what? The only distinction that God has had made um, wasn't between races and color, but it was between covenant and no covenant. <laughs> and we dealt with that. And so God said, hey, you know, what? I even have an answer for that. I even have an answer for that. And so, and so we read that in scripture here. Uh, in him, we are being built together now. In Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, we are being built together into a dwelling place. And so, again, that third point that we want to make sure that we do, we want to connect and be built together. And here's the here's the admonishment and encouragement as well, that we cannot build with a block of bitterness. You cannot take a block of builder bitterness and build on that. And many organizations and many structures uh, and, and, and all kinds of things are built on bitterness. And that's not going to stand. That's not going to stand when the true fire of the Lord uh, in judgment, uh, when it's all said and done, uh, has to hit that, uh, you know, has to judge that. And so uh, we can't build with a block of bitterness, even in the midst of the anger. Uh, you know what? I, I say this. Man, you know what? The Bible gives space for us to be angry, but do not act out in sin. What it has to be, it has to be a righteous anger. That's that's the throne. It goes back to the throne. It has to be. A, there's such a thing as a righteous indignation. But we have our platform, our position is based upon righteousness. And so in these moments right now, we don't want to be pulled off into the flesh. Woo, that's powerful. We don't want to be pulled off into the flesh. We want to make sure that we stand on our position in righteousness. We don't want to come off that block because otherwise you can get on the block of bitterness and build something that, that, that really winds up, winds up crushing people instead. To build something that is erected, that gets toppled over. And so and people have done it on both sides. People have done it on both sides. They've built things on bitterness. They've built things on of, of, of a false sense of pride. And so God says, no, you know what? I need to make sure that you understand that you are being built together in him, in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. And so what we want to be able to do is intentionally to connect relationally and know those who labor among you. Be intentional about be intentional about connection. Be intentional about that relationship. Be intentional about that understanding. You know, I appreciate, um, you know, uh, you know, the people from the different uh, shades of melanin, <laughs> the different shades of melanin that we have. And guess what? It's all beautiful. And so I remember uh, being intentional about connecting. You know, I just even had a powerful conversation with my dad and we were just discussing things about experiences. And I, I remember him. You know, for those that don't know, I'm actually an army brat. 
Uh, my acronym for that is Born and Raised with Army Tutelage. <laughs> so I'm an Army brat, and so I've been exposed to different cultures, to different nations. And so, uh, you know, personally, I guess a personal part of my story, I didn't realize I was quote unquote black until we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I just knew I had a different shade from other people. Uh, but knowing what quote unquote black means in society, I didn't come into that understanding until I was at the age of 12. But needless to say, um, I still can appreciate and respect uh, different societies, different environments and, and, and things of that nature. And so, um, now, I believe the point of me saying that was the fact of, hey, you know what, God takes all, oh yeah, the connection point. Uh, so I'm able to connect with people. I'm able to relate. And guess what? You are too. Even if you didn't grow up in that environment, you're still able to relate because guess what? We're all people. <laughs> We're all blood. We all have that same blood. We all have that life running in us. And then especially for us as the body of Christ, some people have said this some years ago, the most uh, divided day of the week is on Sundays. That should not be said for the church. And I believe that we're at a wonderful crux and turning point to where that picture that you see behind me is beginning to take place like never before. And instead of um, arms just being locked by the wrist, but they're being held together in prayer. And so we're seeing that take place. And, and you know, I'm going to talk on that a little bit more. But again, be intentional about connecting. It's been interesting, you know, for some of the things that I do when I have to be, when I have to be out and about. Uh, you can tell that the hearts of people are being touched. Uh, you know, I remember being in an elevator with a, a, an older Caucasian woman, and she was just as friendly and just as uh, exuberant, initiating conversation. And we just had just a simple dialogue with our social distancing, even in the elevator, uh, with our mask on. Uh, but we were conversating, and I was like, man, God, you know, that was, that was a unique uh, experience. And so, but people's hearts are being open. And so this is a great time for the body of Christ to be able to connect, not just, not just racially or ethnically, but really um, to reconcile people back unto God, because that's our grand number one priority. It changes. And so a part of that, we have some ethnical things that God is, is, is I believe, even in this moment, allows some healing and restoration to be able to take place. But there's something that we have to do uh, for that to happen, which we'll get to. But again, this is a great time to connect. You know, I have some white brothers and sisters in the Lord, some, and even some that, are, that have uh, different uh, marriages that, that are eth ethnic. I mean, it's a great time for just conversating, you know, even with children and things of that nature. Uh, we have multi-races. It's, it's just a wonderful time to be able to have some healthy conversation and to be able to connect through Zoom <laughs> and just have, you know, and just have conversation. All right. So the fourth thing. Well, let me let me let me go through this again. Remember where you came from. That's the recognition. Number two, know where true peace comes from. Number three, connect, be built together in Christ Jesus. And then number four, this is very powerful. Work with the spirit to partake of the reconciling work of the spirit. That's that partnership. We have to work with the spirit to partake in the reconciling work of the Spirit, because the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, is reconciling. It's His, act, it's his actual work of reconciling. So true reconciliation does not happen without Him. In other words, to put it plainly and simply, if no Holy Spirit is evolved, reconcili reconciliation done in the flesh will become undone. As soon as there's an offense, reconciliation in the flesh will become undone. 
All right. So now here's some points that I want to be able to make that I was given in regards to this. They have something called today in our society called a cancel culture. Many, many in a, in, a, in, a, in a millennial generation in Gen Z or even my generation that they label as, as Generation X, we've heard of this term called cancel culture. And, and, and what it is, it really is something to explain to a generation that hasn't heard of this. What, what cancel culture means is, you know, if somebody has an opinion or viewpoint uh, that is contrary to popular opinion or viewpoint, then, then what people do, they gang up together either through social media or through websites, YouTube, things of that nature, to really drown out the voice of that person and cancel. In other words, to cancel, um, uh, to cancel that viewpoint or to silence that person. And so, and again, this kind of you know happens on both sides. But um, you know, the terminology is called the cancel culture. They call it, man, you know, this cancel culture. So uh, they'll they'll rise up and just begin to shout people down, and they shout it out through Twitter and you know, Instagram and things of that nature, but it's called a cancel culture. And so um, that happens. Here's another component that happens in our society. It's not termed as such, but this is what I've termed it as. And you, you'll find it on blogs and other websites. What we have also, we have a cancel culture, but then we have something called a, what I call a conspiracy culture. <laughs> I call it a conspiracy culture. And again, this, this happens, you know, at least within the United States, we have two dominant parties of Democratic and Republican and described as left and right. Uh, you know, and this conspiracy culture is something that is seen on both sides. It's seen on both sides. I've heard Will Ford, um, and you can check him out, Will Ford III. You know, he's, I've heard him say this. I thought it was a very powerful quote. You have left wing, right wing, but he says, but the whole bird is sick. <laughs> he said both wings are broken. But anyways, um, you have a conspiracy culture where both sides are and where multiple people are, are, are proclaiming conspiracies, Complain, uh, proclaiming conspiracies. And I just want to add a little note to that thought. And I didn't know where this was going with this until I, I, I saw it. Um, but be discerning of news. I just need to make mention of this. Be discerning of news. And of course, that includes YouTube. And I just say this in particular because my education was in communications. In particular, my education was in mass communications, so I'm very particular about how news is communicated, and, I'm, I, and, I, and, I, and I've learned some things as far as for how news are communicated. And so there's subtle language and imagery that goes into an agenda. And so for us as the body of Christ, I just want to make sure that we are just discerning when hearing news and, and watching news, because otherwise you can get pulled uh, from one side to another and pulled into a fray that I don't believe uh, that we as believers um, should be pulled into, you know, in that regards. And so now the reason why I say this is because we're in an age now where people can state just about anything without the burden and weight of proof. So they can say anything without the weight of proof. And the reason why I say that, again, because I, I studied my education was in broadcast journalism. So I understand journalism, how people write and how people communicate. Um, but I've in the world, but not of it. And so what I know today is all about headlines and clicks. It's all about headlines and clicks. And so images are photoshopped. Videos can be slightly manipulated. And fake accounts can be created. And it happens on both sides, attacking and presenting news and what takes place. People are looking at a headline and running with it, not even reading full stories, not even giving time to say, hey, you know, OK, that's one side. Let me just see if there's some more information that needs to come out. For us as believers, we want to we want to hold that position. Solomon, in his wisdom, he was like, okay, I hear that side. Now you tell me your side. 
So for, for us as believers, we want to hold that position because this is why what's taking place with all of this, the stuff that's happening with images being photoshopped and manipulated and fake accounts and things of that nature, people are being deceived. People are being deceived. And, and, and I say all that to say this because it's such a prophetic climate that is happening and even increasing that is becoming more conducive for false Christ to come. Ah, did I, you know, so, so it's, it's, a, it's a climate and it's conducive for a false Christ to be able to come forth because people are starting to believe anything without any kind of proof uh, to be able to come forth. And so we as believers, we want to pay attention because if it were possible, Jesus said this, if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. All right. So I'm, I'm going to tie this all tie this all in as far as for working with the spirit and partaking in the reconciling work of the spirit. But we're seeing this culture. And so one other thing that we have placed, so that's the conspiracy culture. There's a cancel culture, conspiracy culture. And then another thing that we have that's been around forever, <laughs> a critical culture. Where the easiest thing in the world to do is to complain and criticize to complain and criticize and point the finger without lending a helping hand, without lending a helping hand to bring a solution to the matter. So it's a real crit critiquing, and it's, uh, <laughs> you could even say a spirit of criticism, <clears throat> a real spirit of criticism. But here we go. What we want to do, we want to partner with the Holy Spirit. And part of his work is reconciling to make sure that we can come into what I call a covenant culture. A covenant culture that God has established based upon the one blood of Jesus Christ and the work of the spirit. So that covenant culture is filled with promises. And so the end game for the covenant culture is this. I believe this is God's end game from the beginning. One new man. Somebody say one new man. One new man. That's the end game. You can look at Galatians chapter three. Verse 27 through 29. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 through 29. And I'm just going to go, go, go here. It says, for as, many of you, as, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. If you've been baptized into Christ, guess what? We've put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There was no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. So that brings us into covenant as heirs, as one new man. And of course, that one new man terminology actually comes from Ephesians chapter 2, which we read earlier. And so that one new man is key. And so, you know, I appreciate, uh, you know, all the different shades. And just to let some people know, uh, you know, everybody, if you are a human being, you have melanin. Physiologically speaking, biologically speaking, if you are a human being, you have a melanin. Some have more, some have less. I have a decent amount. <laughs> I have a decent amount of melanin, and I appreciate it. I'm so thankful for the melanin that I have. I teach my daughters, hey, appreciate, you know, the diversity that God has given. I appreciate those that might not have as much melanin as all and are just as milky white as they can be. Then you have some that have so much melanin, uh, they, they have the... The, the, the shade of midnight, of the sky at night. And guess what? It is all beautiful. It's all beautiful. And so in the midst of us appreciating that, so that's why, you know, I just want to encourage some people that might say, hey, you know, I don't see color. No, see color. 
We see, I, I see the beautiful shade behind me. It's okay. God created it. God created it. But the key is we're not making these distinctions here that I believe that scripture is talking about because the end game, there was no longer Jew, nor Greek, nor male, nor female as it pertains to distinctions that separate us, that divide us. God's heart is for one new man, one kingdom, one culture that is established and based upon covenant. That is based upon covenant. And that's why even, you know, he was, even the people had to make a distinction among themselves. And you go back, they was like, hey, we need a king. And God's like, what? I've given you a covenant. I've given you a covenant. I've given you my kingdom. And so men was like, well, hey, you know what? That's not satisfactory. We need a king. And so some people today are saying, hey, we need this. We need that. We need this. We need that. Us as a believers, man, we got a covenant culture that is filled with promises, filled with promises. So guess what? What man cannot provide through government, God's government can. Very powerful. Very powerful. So for us as covenant believers, we have something greater to be able to stand on. And this is not to knock, you know, uh, you know, we thank God for our government and things of that nature. He puts leaders up. Uh, we thank God for, for all of that. We pray for every government leader at, at, at every level. But I'm just reminding us, and I believe that we all just need to make sure that, that we stay connected and that we stay so wrapped in covenant culture, in covenant culture, and not get off that point. <laughs> so, in this reconciliation, remember where you came from. Know where true peace come from. We want to connect. We want to build together with each other. But then the key point, we want to connect and work with the Holy Spirit to partake of the reconciling work of the Spirit. And then the fifth thing, uh, the fifth point that I stop here, we want to respond accordingly. Respond accordingly. Uh, and, you know, we dealt with responses. So I, I got so much revelation about how we respond because uh, that is so key. But here is the response going back to us as 20 types. Here is the response as 20 types who have partnered with the Spirit. Who have partnered with the Spirit. Oh, and this is so, so revelatory. This is so cool. I want to bust out laughing because this kind of came to me this morning. I was like, because I, I, I thought I had just four points, but this fifth point came to me this morning. Um, but on the day of Pentecost, we remember, which we acknowledged and celebrated last weekend. I just want to remind you, and I believe God reminded me, uh, that there was a multitude of people groups that were there. Mm, we talk about working and partnering with the Holy Spirit. So there was a multitude of people groups that were there um, in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem. There were a multitude of people groups that were there. And of course, you can read about it in Acts chapter 2. Uh, but they were all hearing when the Holy Spirit came, when the Holy Spirit was poured out and the men were given the tongues. Uh, they were all hearing the gospel. They were all hearing the same thing. Oh, or at least for those whose hearts were open. Because some people just heard people talking gibberish and said that they were drunk. But there was a great multitude of people that heard the work of the Spirit. Now, here's the response. Here's the response um, that's very key here. Because we see Peter uh, that, that stood up and said something. And I want us to read this here in Acts chapter 2. This will be the final point. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 41. And I'll let you turn there, scroll there. Oh my God, this is so good. We want to respond accordingly, and this is the response, because after Peter had preached and, and, and said, it was like, hey, you know what, we are not drunk, this is the work of the Spirit, uh, there was a prophetic word that uh, the Spirit of God will be poured out upon all flesh, and he talked about, you know, this Christ that you crucified, in essence, he's the one uh, that redeems us all, he's the one that brings us into the kingdom, 
excuse me. And so, you know, he starts preaching about Jesus. And the Bible says that the people, upon hearing this message, says that their hearts were cut. In other words, their hearts were open. They were like, well, man, what do we need to do? Verse 38, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and so remember Galatians, we talked about being baptized into Christ. And so repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. That's that reconciliation. And then verse 40. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received the word were baptized and there were added that day about 3000 souls. And of course, that's very powerful. And we talked about the Pentecost and things of that nature. But in context of our message today being built together, what makes this so powerful is that Peter was the one with the sword. Before this moment, Peter was the one with the sword ready for the rebellion. He was the one that had that angst. He was the one that 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 thought Jesus was here to rebel against the king, the Roman Empire. Mm which many people thought that the Messiah was coming to do, that the Messiah was coming to bring his, his, his kingdom within the earth realm, in other words, to erase and eradicate all the other kingdoms in the natural. But Jesus said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing an inner work here. My agenda is an inner thing, not a fleshly thing. My weapons are of the spirit, not of carnality. And so Peter, of course, we know he drew his sword. He's like, oh, man, you know what the soldiers are upon us? <clears throat> Man, this must be, it must be go time. Took his sword, cut off the soldier's ear, and then what did Jesus do? He healed the ear so that way, I believe just very prophetic, so that way there was still a component of being able to hear. Being able to hear his voice, being able to hear his call unto himself. <clears throat> He's like, look, I don't need any hearing cut off right now. I don't need any hearing cut off right now. So now we see the redemption of that because Jesus, you know, restored Peter. He says, hey, do you love me? Yes, I love. Yes, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. And then you look at the Greek. It was different kinds of love. And then he says, do you love me unconditionally? And then Peter says, Lord, you know. And so God, you know, restored him. So now Peter is now preaching up, now staying, saying these things in the hearing of a great multitude of different ethnicities and cultures. So I believe that that's what the Spirit of God even wants to do today. While other people want to cut off hearing, he says, like, no, I need hearing to be open. I need the church's hearing, whether you're white, black, Latino, Hispanic, uh, Asian. Um, uh, I don't know if I missed any other. If I did, you know, forgive me. But needless to say, I need all of the hearing to be open, not cut off. And so on the day of Pentecost, and I believe that that Pentecost spirit is still upon us. So that way the hearing um, can, so that way we can all hear and that we can all come into the one spirit, the unity of the faith. And so um, <clears throat> the other thing that makes it powerful, because here Peter has this message, but Peter still had some prejudice with him. That we see later that, that God had to give him some revelation about in the book of Acts. And we don't have to turn there. I just want to share this uh, because Peter, what, what, his, what his prejudice was, he thought that there was still a distinction between covenant, the spirit being poured out upon those that that were um, covenant Jews and and uh, 
those without covenant. Because they received, they, they had received the Holy Ghost. The other people had received salvation. They had received, the 120 had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. The other people heard and they received salvation. So what Peter had this revelation of some things that were classified as unclean according to Hebraic culture came down and the Lord told him, hey, eat. And he was like, man, I can't eat anything that's unclean. Revelation came to him again through a dream. Peter, eat. And he says, now, you know, I can't eat any, anything unclean. And the Lord said, don't call anything unclean which I have, which I have made clean. And so then someone came knocking on his door. Uh, long story short, uh, he was summoned uh, to be able to go to someone who was not of Hebrew culture, but who had been crying out to the Lord, who had been giving unto the Lord, Cornelius. I believe that's Acts 10. If I'm going off of memory right now, you can, you can reference that at a later time. But needless to say, this is someone who wasn't, quote unquote, a Jew, but received the Lord and the spirit of God was poured out upon him. And Peter was like, oh. I fully see now God's end game. This spirit is for everybody. God is re reconciling everybody unto himself. So it's not just an ethnic thing. It's not just a natural culture thing. It's a kingdom thing where God is bringing everybody. It's a, it's a covenant thing where God is bringing everybody. Because Peter probably didn't even fully know what he was preaching when he was preaching, as it, as it happens, as, as we preach. We don't fully understand, and God, we release the word, and then God brings us even into greater revelation of what we said. But again, Peter then got revelation, hey, this is for everybody. So I believe even in the midst of the challenges of society, uh, as we stay open and not closed, not closed, not hardened to what God wants to do, because guess what? God wants to reconcile everybody. You know what? God even wants to reconcile the racist. Oh, yeah, God even wants to reconcile the racist person, I should say that. The racist person, those that, 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 that are just bound up in prejudice. Because guess what? That's hurts and wounds connected to that as well. Guess what? God wants to reconcile them as well, too. Glory to God. He's got a plan for them. And, you've, and I've seen testimonies of some people that grew up, knew nothing but prejudices uh, against people of, of a, that have more melanin, <laughs> of a darker shade, black people, brown people, grew up with that prejudices, and then their hearts got open, and then they say, hey, you know what, now they came into it, hey, I love my brother. Can hug, can hug somebody and just love him and just, say, and just say, hey, you know what, this is genuinely my brother. And get connected and get built together to something that is so beautiful. Oh, my God. And so that response is repentance. That response is repentance, uh, repentance and that cleansing. And so uh, what I want to be able to do is just to be able to have us, you know, just even in a prayer, uh, even if you don't feel like you need to repent, then just let's, let's just go through this anyways. Because what God, while the nation is hurting and while the nation is grieving on a variety of different levels, the spirit of God still has healing. There's still an oil uh, that I believe that God can release and desires to release to be able to heal wounds. Even as a nation, even the things that we've done as a nation, um, governmentally speaking, uh, at different levels, uh, I believe, uh, again, this is just a personal note, but I just believe that there's just even repentance that needs to be expressed just even from a governmental level. Um, locally, state, federally. I believe that this is just a great time uh, for people to acknowledge wounds, to acknowledge hurts, so that way the healing 
uh, can, so that way the healing can be, really be able to come forth and that reconciling work of the spirit can really be able to come forth. So for us as the body of Christ, it's so important because guess what? God is really tapping on our shoulders and tapping on our hearts. He always deals with his people first. Scripture says this, and this is even Old Testament, it's 2 Chronicles 7. Some of y'all know it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. All of those different steps take place, but God says, hey, you know, I'm starting with my people first. So what we want to do right now, let's just, begin, let's just begin to pray right now. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Come on, God. We th and we're just standing in a gap on behalf of our nation. And if you're a resident of another nation, then you can stand, on, stand in the gap on behalf of your nation. But I want to pray just even on behalf of the United States. I just remember in particular, even before I begin this prayer, my goodness. Man, I'm about to well up at this moment. I just, wow, I really just sent something because I remember, whoo that I participated some years ago in something called a March for Jesus. They had something called a March for Jesus, and it was in the rain, but it was the body of Christ. Wow, I didn't think about this, but thank you, Lord. It was the body of Christ that were gathered together. I was a young man. I was in my mid-20s at this time, but they still called, called, had me be a leader, kind of helped be, you know, even in the front of leading this march. And we walked down this one street, I believe it was called Broad Street, but we were walking down Broad Street as the body of Christ together, together, different denominations, different ethnicities, men, women, older, younger. We were all marching together, lifting up the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Wow. And then it came to a point where we came to the Capitol place, and this was in Richmond, Virginia. In Richmond, Virginia, if you can historically look at, as far as for just the racism in which that city um, uh, you know, was founded upon. But needless to say this, uh, once we all gathered to this particular place at the Capitol building, because Richmond was the capital of the state, but then um, it was also the Capitol building. And there was some statue. I don't even remember what, who was on the statue, but they had me. <sighs> they asked me to pray. Just even for healing for the land and it's coming to me now. for healing even for just the state at that time. And I don't even remember what I prayed, but it was so passionate. And the spirit of God was so on me then uh, for reconciliation. And I only know it because just the way that people, you know, commented, you know, after the prayer, you know, how they responded. Um, but just to even see today how things are just even taking place. But all that, all that to say this, I wanna be able to pray now, just even for the body of Christ. Uh, that we march for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to pray into that because that just came to me right now. So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Come on. I, I pray, Lord, first of all, a prayer of repentance. Lord, I repent. Someone just needs to make it personal. Just say, I repent. Just say, I repent. Because sometimes when you say we, uh, you know, it can exclude other people. But let's just deal with us. And then when we say I together, that means we. God, so I repent, Lord. For any prejudice, because, you know, it happens both ways. Some people don't think it does, but no, prejudice happens and it's a two-way thing. It can be a two-way thing. God, so I'll repent of prejudice. God, if there's been any 
Lord, of, of injustice, God, that was done. Lord, I repent in the name of Jesus, God. I repent even for America. I repent, Lord, even for because even for our Delaware, Delaware Valley region, God. I repent in the name of Jesus. Forgive us of our sins, God. We seek your face even this morning. Come on, body of Christ. We seek your face even this morning. Asking, Lord, for your righteousness. Asking, Lord, for your justice. Asking, Lord, for your peace in the name of Jesus. And in so doing, heal our land, God. We acknowledge the hurts. We acknowledge the racism, God, that has taken place even in this country. We acknowledge the unjust things that have been done, God, for the indigenous people of this land, the Indians, God, the, and I say indigenous, but the, the Native Americans, the Indians, God. God, we acknowledge, God, even for the, the black people, I'll just use that terminology, the black, the Africans, God, that were taken from one land to this land, God. We, God, we repent of that in this nation, in the name of Jesus, even some of the things that were done uh, in the body of Christ, justifying a wrongdoing uh, uh, with the Bible, God. God, I repent, God, we repent of that as a nation in the name of Jesus. The laws, God, that were established uh, bringing about separation, God, we repent of that in the name of Jesus. God, and we ask, Lord, today, and I know there's other churches, other houses doing this and have been doing this this week and this weekend. Heal our land. Heal our land. Forgive our sin, God, because yet yeah, racism is sin. We acknowledge it as sin. Prejudice is sin. We acknowledge it as sin. Heal our land, God. Heal our land. Hear from heaven. <laughs> Forgive our sins and heal our land. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus, which builds us together. The blood of Christ, which unites us. Your covenant, God. Culture, Father, may it be preeminent in the church, in the body of Christ, Lord, even as the church from the different denominations um, and the different cultures, God, we say no longer divided we stand, God, but may, may Sundays be such a unity, God, God, of just oneness of faith, of being able to march together for Jesus <laughs> in the name of Jesus. And we bless you for it. We thank you for it, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're reviving us. <laughs> God, that, that the spirit of revival is even upon us in the name of Jesus. God, and I ask, Lord, that you even heal uh, and uproot bitterness. And I'm talking about even amongst Christians right now, God, that you uproot bitterness for those that have experienced wounds um, that have taken place. God, that you heal, 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 God, in Jesus' name. We lay an axe at the root of bitterness. <laughs> in Jesus name God and we thank you Lord for healing God I thank you Lord for even a spirit of forgiveness being released God that we're able to forgive one another now healing can take place in Jesus name God we even uh, uh, forgive us and repent of pride the sin of pride and heal our land in Jesus name 